we've gotten extraordinarily lazy if you just think about it for a second. I mean, we just keep lowering the bar. There's nowhere where it's gotten tougher for men. Everything has gotten easier. Like we're, we're, we're modifying everything to fit a lazier person. That's the real challenge in life. You and your wife, you, you kind of look at it from a different angle and you come up with a, a winning decision at the end, but you don't walk into it with, hey, honey, what do you think we should do? Success, you have to have a level of discipline. You, you, there's something different about you, you know? And, and I think your wife would respect that anyway. You know, the formula is not rocket science. Everybody who's listening to this, nothing I'm telling you is rocket science. It just requires getting uncomfortable. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Sovereign Man Podcast. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou. We have a very special guest here today. Sean Castrina is a business guru, a man who has built multiple eight-figure businesses, and a man who's very passionate about um, men, about helping men win in the world and uh, brought him here on the show to talk to you a little bit about why it is that a lot of men today aren't succeeding at the level that they want to be succeeding and what he believes is the answer to help men succeed at a higher level. Welcome to the show, Sean. Uh, excited to be on here, Nikki. Yeah. So, Sean, let me ask you a basic question. Why do you think men are failing today compared to where they were even as little as 10 or 20 years ago? What do you think is the answer to help them get out of that failure state and to win more in a bigger and better way? I think we've gotten extraordinarily lazy if you just think about it for a second. Example, now you've got a great looking beard yourself, but let, I'm going to go through all the things that have happened over the last 15 years style-wise. And you just compare, let's compare, I mean, really how things have gone. Okay, now you can wear a suit to work, but your pants are actually joggers. So you don't even have to put a belt on. You don't even have to try to even look good anymore, right? You just, you don't care. You can get fat and wear an untucked shirt now. We got a shirt specifically designed originally because most people that wore an untucked shirt at the time was because they were put on weight. My buddies all did it. You just pull your shirt out and kind of, there you go. Then you can go to, uh, you know, just everything down is that we've kind of marginalized almost everything like shoes. Now, you don't even have to wear dress shoes now when you wear a suit, right? You got them. They look like tennis shoes. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, I can keep going. I'm being fun, kind of funny about it. No, you know, keep I going. About, I think we need to talk yeah, about this. It's yeah. important. Like I talk about my wife, like how did we like men have a you know, you got a dad bod now. So we've we got a term now for being out of shape. <laughs> so you can have a dad bod. You got a manscape razor, so you don't even got to shave anymore. Just run the thing, style the thing in. Okay, you got you know shoes. You don't have to wear shoes anymore. You don't have to dress up for work. And we do a Zoom call and dress up from the waist up. I mean, we just keep lowering the bar. There's nowhere where it's gotten tougher for men. Like nothing's gotten tougher. Everything has gotten easier. Like we're 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 modifying everything to fit a lazier person. 
Like nothing's got nothing's gotten harder in the last decade for men. It just keeps getting easier. We're going to modify things so they're more comfortable. And that's, you know, I just think that it's, you know, there's a level of discipline. Successful people do what unsuccessful people fail to do. I have this, I love when I see a client for a perfect example. And, and he says to me, and, and this might offend people, but he says, I hear this all the time. He needs to That's make a, a men's decision. show. You realize that, right? The good, whole good, 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 good. Good. There you go. I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. And hammer them a little bit. So all know, right, they're going to get hammered. Listen to a so, couple episodes, and you'll just go, "Crap, man! I was too gentle oh, on these fuckers." Okay, well, good. There you go. I feel better. I'll go to talk to a guy, and he's got to run it by his wife, and he goes, "You know, happy wife, happy life." I go disagree with that. I go happy Sean, happy life. Happy. I want my wife to be happy, but she's got to create that happiness. Yeah. That's not my job now. And my job's not to make her unhappy. That's true. But but happiness, she's got to create. But we we got the weak man now, and you see it every time they make any decision. A happy wife, happy life. If I hear happy wife, happy life one more time, every time I see that, I go, would you just drop your drawers? I'd like to see if you got a set of nuts, because I think you cut them off and you handed them to her. Yeah, because they're, what they're, it does is it allows you sack in her purse if if he's talking. Oh, like that. exactly. You've deferred decision making. It's easier to do that. Oh no, then Estelle's going to make that decision. Mary's going to make that decision. You've just delegated it, and you, you're justifying it by saying "happy wife, happy life." No, you can disagree. See, that's that's the real challenge in life. You and your wife, you you kind of look at it from a different angle and you come up with a, a, a winning decision at the end, but you don't walk into it with, hey, honey, what do you think we should do? I mean, we, I have that conversation. It's like, no, I think we should go this way. She goes, I think the other way. I go, so we, we're basically disagreeing on this. Let's kind of work towards something that we can both live with. That happens. That's what I do in business. I don't meet with a somebody in business and go, by the way, Johnny, why don't you tell me what you think we do? Oh, I should take that much off the table and, and you win on this deal, like win really big and I get you know kicked in the nards? No. I mean, only as a man do we do, we do this. Mm. You know, we, we just kind of, you know, happy wife, happy life. And, and, and every time I see that, he's just, just pathetic, soft, you know, human being. You know, I just... I think, you know, there, I don't know, success, you have to have a level of discipline. You, it, there's something different about you, you know, and, and I think your wife would respect that anyway. You know, at least she knows what you stand for. I mean, you know, you, you can, you know, just, I don't, I don't know. You got to toughen it up. If your gut's hanging over, you know, and you're, you know, 20 pounds overweight. Okay. That's fine. That's more, you can work on that. But if you're 50 and 60 and 70 pounds overweight, I mean, how how much discipline can you, I mean, how much leverage do you have when you're trying to discipline your kids? That much. Yeah. How much discipline do you have? I mean, how do you, how do you talk about being disciplined? Clean up your room, do this. And you got, you know, Cheetos and, and, and a Coke sitting in front of you every night. You're sitting around watching TV. I mean, how much, how much, what, what can you possibly say? How do you talk to your employees? Because when you walk out of the room, they call you a fat slob. It's and then if you're truth. pathetically weak, if you're pathetically weak and your staff runs all over you, but you got the CEO card. Oh, I founded the company. But but you're not a leader. Everybody's making decisions behind your back and running with it. 
I, I just think, you know, there, sometimes, you know, discipline, discipline, successful people do what unsuccessful people, fit, you know, choose not to do. And it's easier, but there's no payoff. The payoff is life is just lazy, but it's not a life where you, where you, where you accomplish anything significant. It's not where you look back and go, man, I, I, I achieved this. I did that. I, you know, I mean, I want my kids to look back and say, hey, man, you know, dad was, you know, a tough son of a gun. He was funny. But man, look, he did that. That I thought that was impossible. Can you believe he pulled that off? Dad started that company. I never thought that was going to work. You know, I, you remember when he did that? Like, oh, my gosh, that was crazy. That changed our whole life. You know, I, I mean, I want to take a few risks and, and and you know, do some things where my kids and even my wife looks and goes, all right, I got to give you one on that. I didn't see that one coming. So take some risks. Yeah. So, Sean, why do you think men have become soft over the last 40, 50, 60 years? It's easier. It's easier. I mean, think about it. Okay, but what? Because for centuries they weren't soft. Yeah, I mean, my dad was. Why did it happen in the last 50, 60 years? Man, gosh, man, you and I will be talking for hours to figure that out. One is, I think that we've we've created a softness in society. Example: my my son coaches wrestling, and I went to one of his matches, and one of the kids bumped his head. I mean, he bumped it. That's all he did. They were nine different concussion protocols. He never finished the mat. When I was in, I wrestled division one in college. Okay, you got your bell rung a little bit. I understand there's a little bit, but but nothing. I mean, I could have flicked the kid in the forehead harder. And, and just the moms and everybody, we got to, Johnny, sit down. Man, I, I got my whole entire nose sewed back together between a match. Um, you know, I got a scar underneath my nose. I wrestled with a torn ACL. It's kids just aren't tough. I mean, you know this. I mean, they do all the part. We've seen this, but the why? participation awards. Yeah, because it's, it's easier. Why? It's easier. In other words, if if you have a winner and a loser, somebody loses and that he's sad. Yeah, but why? Who wants happen? to take a- for centuries? That didn't happen, Sean. Why did it happen now? Why has it happened in the last 40, 50, 60 years? What shifted that caused this to be possible? Yeah, I think TV. I think TV kind of. Uh, introduce characters. You know, you can go back to like Bart Simpson, a fat, lazy, you know, cartoon character. But you you start introducing these things, and then they gravitate on TV, and people like they 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 like uh, they can relate to that person because it's easier, whatever. And and, and I, I mean, I think obviously, I think television. You know, and, and obviously, you got guys like Tim Allen who tried to go against it, and he did. You know, with you know his type of shows, Last Man Standing, and things like that. that and was great. I love up, that show. Right, he was great on it, but then eventually, get you know, gets canceled. Um, that's against the norm. On everybody, nobody wants to be told that they're lazy, that uh, they didn't try hard enough, that they lost. It was funny. I was in a gym, and, and my wife holds this against me. This is the one thing she constantly reminds me of. I'm a pretty clean mouth guy. Very, very clean mouth guy. My son got beat in a wrestling match. And everybody was looking at me to see how I was going to respond. Because again, I was a division one wrestler. And I looked at him, said in front of everybody was there. He kind of looked at me like, what happened? He kind of shrugged his shoulders like, what happened? I said, "Um, you wrestled like shit. And everybody, because it was a Christian school, kind of looked at me like, oh my gosh. 
said, you wrestle like shit. I don't know what to tell you. And he came back later. He goes, what do you mean? I, we can go back to what I just said an hour ago. You wrestled like shit an hour ago. You didn't wrestle with heart. You didn't wrestle with the passion. You didn't care about winning. I said, there was two. In every match, you have a decision where it gets really tough. When you got a tough guy, you choose to win or you choose to lose. There's always that decision. You choose to give up or you choose to fight. It happened, And it's in life. You have the choice. Win, lose, give up. In that match, son, you gave up. You gave I up. love you. I, you I'm going to say that. I, I love you, but you gave up. And if you give up, you lose. And I always tell them, I said, losing never has the great taste of winning. It never does. All I can tell you is every sacrifice you make to win, I promise you, when it's all said and done, you will never feel better about yourself. I said, son, I've never seen a silver medalist on a Wheaties bottle, Wheaties box. Never. never. It's always the winner. Winning has a reward and it is worth the sacrifice and the price you pay. But today you can do participation. It's okay. I mean, I could be gender A swimming on this men's swim team. And then I get, I don't do as well. And next year I'm on the women's team. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's, that's the pen that's athlete. That's fucking bullshit. Right? That's, that's great. bullshit. That's great. They need to that cut that shit out, six man. Foot, that's destroying women's one. sports. Six, it's destroying. And, and the women, you're the ones who are getting fooled by this nonsense. You, know, you need to go back. The women need to boycott it. Guess what? Because there's only 1% of the people that are walking around with nuts. If the 99 other women said, we're not competing. We're not going on the basketball court as long as there's a transgender. Let them have their own league. If you still got nuts that hang, we'll go an in-between league. Get the government to fund it. Yeah, absolutely. But the women, it's not no, fair. It's I mean, my daughter's no five totally foot. My daughter's five foot two. How is she going to compete with a, uh, the against a male in any sport? It's no. utterly insane. Of course not. It's insanity. I appreciate what you're saying, but I I, I want to dig a little deeper because I believe that. Um, this is, this is something that was caused deliberately. This was not just something that happened, right? So a hundred, uh, and five years ago, the Russian revolution installed the world's first communist government and Vladimir Lenin wanted to, um, export that revolution and have it be a one world Marxist government. That was his vision, right? But he knew he couldn't do it because he had the United States of America standing in his way. He called the United States the main adversary, the main adversary. And what happened was he had um, a fellow, a German Marxist by the name of Willy Mutzenberg, whom he sent to the United States with explicit instructions to use the very openness of American society against itself and to infiltrate it and start to mess with school system, storytelling, news media. And over a period of decades, they were successful. So if you go to North Carolina, you get some school textbooks from 1910, all patriotic. If you get textbooks from 2010, all anti-American. Oh, and oh, there's no doubt. If you go to movies in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, almost every movie was patriotic, pro-American. Yeah. 
the sixties, it started to turn him right now. It's very rare to find patriotic pro-American pro-family movies and TV shows out there. And the Soviet union died, but its efforts bore fruit. And there was a Russian KGB agent who defected. I think his name was Yuri Berezov. And he was, there's a, long video of his on YouTube, which you can watch, that he talks about how the KGB planted disinformation in America and how the entire feminist movement was designed to weaken American men and to weaken the American family. That's its job, so that externally, the strong men from our enemies would come and crush us and defeat us, because the men of the World War II generation, they would have never put up with lockdowns. They would have crushed those buggers within just a few days. But the men of this generation are just weaker. And there is a a bunch of ads for military recruitment. There was one from China. Martial music. Big, strong Chinese men. Young men. Russian military. Martial music. Big, strong Russian men. American military recruitment ad. Let's talk about pronouns. Like, are you oh, it's, it's, you know, I know that. I mean, you remember in the 80s, you had Rambo, you had Rocky competing against Rocky Four. I mean, the whole, you almost had, you know, the movie, so many movies, Platoon, and you can go all the way. You know, you're right. And and then it, and then it stopped. Like people say, you know, unfortunately, you have all these, uh, you know, controversial subject, uh, but in regards to, you know, shootings that you constantly see now. And, and people are like, how is it going to stop? I go, I go, it, it starts in our classroom. When I went to school, you did a Pledge of Allegiance and you had this general understanding of, hum, of human beings and that you treated human beings in a certain way. It was just a general understanding. Now, I don't, we don't have that, just that basic understanding that, that you treat another human being. You don't steal from them. You don't harm them. You don't kill them. And we understand that anybody who does those things, they're on the outside. It's not normal behavior to walk into a jewelry store, steal everything, and we're like somehow that like that should happen. Like that, that's in, like we watch it like it's a television show. But if somebody was walking into our house freely, taking whatever they wanted and left, which is what they're doing to business owners, yeah. you'd go crazy. Oh, but, but there's just something about that, just that general, uh, you know, decency and that general understanding of of how you treat your, you know, your your fellow human beings. Yeah, it's uh, the world's changed. And yeah, I love your neighbor more... as yourself. It was a pretty simple principle. Yeah, it, it's it's very important right now to get men to go, oh, hey, this is what's happening. You need to be around groups of men. They're going to teach you actually how to be a man. They're going to push you, sharpen you. Iron sharpens iron. That's from the Bible. Yeah. That's from Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. You need to be around men. Other men, they're going to help make you stronger, make you better, and all that good stuff. So let's talk about how we help men be successful, because a successful man is a good man. Man's got to create success. And I know it's fashionable these days to go, well, success isn't all about money. That's a lot oh, of bullshit. Yeah. Success is, is absolutely exactly. about money. You have to yeah. make money. Now, not everybody needs to make $10 million a year, uh, but you absolutely need to make money in order to be successful. So let's talk about that. Yeah, but let's, if we want to even spiritualize it, so I'm going to cut their argument down to nothing anyway. After God created 
the heavens, the earth, and everything, the first thing that he speaks about is he says, gold is good. Genesis chapter two, I think verse four, but you can Google that term. Gold is good. So he made everything and it was, you know, he did a spat, you know, fantastic job. And then he says, gold is good. And then of all the people that he could pick to kind of move his message forward, he takes Abraham, who was the Bill Gates of the day. You know, he, he owned land from left to right, front to back. Like he didn't find some dead, poor, broke guy and said, let me just kind of get this ball rolling with him. Okay, and it never happens. You never, he started with Abraham, who was loaded. So I just, I never, there's nowhere in the, you know, if you follow biblical principles, you know, if you, example, you know, do on others as you like to have others to do on yourself, you, you partner in business, you follow so many biblical principles, you're probably going to succeed by accident. The reality is you're probably going to succeed by accident. But um, I don't buy, you can't, poor, oh, how does being broke make you, in, in the way, you can't do anything. You have no options. You're trapped. Every day you're worrying about surviving. Like, you know, that's the way we're wired. You know, how am I going to eat? How am I going to you know, have shelter? How am I going to be closed? How do I take care of my family? And that's just, you know, if normal, that's innate. Well, if you're worried about those every day, how in the world could you focus on being successful? Now, what you do with your money, that's completely up to you. But, buddy, I don't I think there's a problem having it. Yeah, money is good. Money is good. Gold is good. Money is good. God yeah. wants you to be successful. I think that's important. See, you know, every, every ministry needs to be funded. This is what I always say to people. Hey, go look at every stadium at a college. They're named after a very wealthy businessman who paid for it. <laughs> okay? It's it's. You know, they're the ones that do the great giving. You know, every missionary, it's giving. Somebody funded the local church who then provided funds to give to the missionaries. I mean, it, you, you can't, you can have a great, you know, mission, but it has to be funded. It has to be funded. All these great ideas have to be funded. And so, you know, I, I just think that there's nothing wrong with uh, being successful and, and achieving at a high level. It doesn't mean you rob or steal to accomplish it. It doesn't mean you're completely, you know, out of whack in your value system, but I've never met a balanced guy. I've never met a successful balanced person. They're 80-20. They're 80% maniacally focused on something. Like this is they this is it. You know, I, I heard a great I heard Lou Holt say something really good. And he's a Christian guy, but he said something really good. He went home one day and his family got on him about being gone all the time, you know, because he's a coach. And he says to him, okay, I got it. I got the message. He says, uh, but Susie, just so you know, that beautiful dress you wore to the dance last week, daddy paid for that. And he went through every one of them and he kind of went through what he, what, what his hard work had provided for them. This beautiful neighborhood we live in and this and all these things. Well, the next day he came home early from work. His kid said, dad, why are you home so early? <laughs> yeah, that's his story. Dad, why are you home so early? The point is, is that his hard work is what provided the life that these kids and their family were so lucky to enjoy. Yeah, I mean, the message that you're giving us here is if you want to be successful, you got to bust your tail. As a man, that's you part do. of your job. You got to bust your tail. Yeah, you you, you do. You got to find something that you can achieve. You know, you, everybody's wired a different way. What would make me successful might be different to you, but I think we're all gifted in some area. 
So we take ideas. some, we focus on that area, whatever our giftedness is, whether you're an employee or an entrepreneur. But if this is what I've, I've typically found, if you're great at anything, the money will follow. You know, that's, so, that's at, so good. I'm going to write that down. If you're yeah. great at anything, the money will follow. Like people say to me, Sean, well, you're an entrepreneur. What would you have done if you weren't an entrepreneur? I'd be a CEO of a company. I'd be the CEO of a company. I'd be running somebody's company. Like I, I'm not wired. I was never going to make average money. Just FYI. Okay. There's plenty of employee jobs that I, that that make plenty of money. Okay. When you can run something, if you have leadership, you have organizational skills, uh, you know how to manage people, manage money, manage problems. You want to be rich? Here you go. If you can manage people, you're going to do well. If you can manage problems, you're going to do really well. If you can manage money and all three of those, that's like a CEO, you're going to make plenty of money. So, you know, I, I it just... Be good at, be great at something. I've always said that to my kids. I don't care what you decide to be great in, but be whatever, find something you're great at. Like find something that kind of comes easier to you than other people and that you like doing and, and just zone in. And I've just never seen where average paid anything. I've never found an average employee and go, man, I want to give that guy a big raise. Why? Well, he's average. I really, man, I, I was looking for average and he gave me average. And for that, I doubled his salary. <laughs> Hoo-ha! <laughs> you know, it doesn't, you know it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I, I just, it requires, you know, from the beginning, what I said, requires more discipline and more effort. That's it. And, that's, and everybody listening to this knows that. It, call, it means maybe you got to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Got to put more time into it, more effort into it. But that, that, that's, you know, what you do. If you're probably super, super comfortable, you're probably not, you know, going to the level that you need to go. You know, you're not, not pushing yourself. I mean, I'm going to be 56. And I, I, my, it's funny, like a year ago, my, my son wanted to, to wrestle me inside our big foyer. And he's, I guess he's 20 at the time. And I said, I will wrestle you on one condition. If your friend videotapes it, because I want this ass whooping that you're going to take to be documented. <laughs> and then he locked up with me and a minute later he was in, he was begging for mercy. Um, I mean, I want to game on at any time, you know, <laughs> I and mean, I get up every morning before everybody says, Sean, why, you know, how do you stay in shape? I go, well, I never got out. <laughs> I never got out of shape. Okay, that's easier for some people than other, but you know, I, I get up early and I do a routine and I go to bed probably a little earlier than other people. But there's a sacrifice on the front end, you know. I eat people say, Do you work out every day? I go, I eat every day. I have no problem eating every day. So maybe a little bit of exercise, you know, a little bit of reading, writing down some goals, uh, waking up every day focused on something that you're you're trying to achieve. I you know, the formula is not rocket science. Everybody who's listening to this, nothing I'm telling you is rocket science. It just requires getting uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Requires getting uncomfortable. Success requires getting uncomfortable. I think that's what we'll entitle this episode. Success requires getting uncomfortable. 
mean, anything I've ever done made me very uncomfortable initially and then eventually becomes a habit. That's what ends up happening. What what made you uncomfortable at one point ends up being a habit. And then that's when it starts getting easier. Now, you know, fitness is easy for me now. Reading is easy for me now. It wasn't easy for me 12 years ago. Then I started reading regularly and then it became easier for me. You know, they, it always starts out hard, hard. It's miserable. The first day of doing anything is hard. Then it becomes fun. a habit. Yeah, exactly. And then it becomes a habit. And then if you have a bunch of success habits, things tend to move a, a little bit, you know, you know, easier your way because you, you got, you know, you are a big collection of your habits. You know, they have those boot camps. It's just funny only because you see all these boot camps now where we're going to turn men into men. Right. They're going to run and they're going to, you know, do this Navy SEAL training. And, and I understand the idea, the general concept. But I, we all know what we need to do. I mean, it's pretty bad that you got to be you know, almost get that validation. You know what I mean? There's because a lot of men who so... don't know what they need to do, though. That's the problem, yeah. especially younger men. And, and, they're not being and, taught how to be a man. They're being taught. They're being sad that they need these confused. This is what I'm telling you. This world yeah. is deliberately confusing the world. Like this whole transgender thing. I got a lot of genuine sympathy for a person that's genuinely gender confused. There are some people that are out there, but you realize that is a minuscule portion of the population. Right now, folks that are pushing this transgender ideology are trying to deliberately confuse little kids, trying to confuse boys in particular because they're out to destroy manhood and masculinity. James Cameron Right now, the fellow who made yeah. Terminator is saying that masculinity is like a toxin. You got to get out of your body. What the fuck is that bullshit, yeah. man? Yeah. Masculinity is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Masculinity built the damn world without masculinity. And it, defend, and it defends it. And it would be what would defend it. And I agree with you again. But you're right. It's a very, it's a small, less percentage than people want to. And typically, it's in a very unhappy person. It is. I mean, there's there's deep-seated issues and end up you know that you know i'm going to leave it there but my friends is a psychologist and so i've had enough of these conversations but yeah i mean i don't think it's anything anybody should be promoting because the upside no, is not no, it's not no, no. there's not a good upside there zero zero upside for most of the folks zero. who do it many of them kill themselves one of my best friends exactly. brother that's what i was going to say the suicide rate is horrible now going to be his sister went from robert to julia and then killed himself yeah. herself at that point in time yeah all the confusion that was with there. And now to mess with little kids, you're trying to tell little kids what their gender ought to be. Little kids should not be thinking about that. That's you nothing they're talking about. Ready to talk no. about that. No, not at all. Those people need to need to be stopped from doing this to children. Number one. Should and never even be discussed. Should never, never. They should not never, once. ever be discussed. And not only that, I, I, I'm sorry, you shouldn't even be able to be able to train, change your gender to 21 or over. We don't let you have a gun at 21, but we're going to let you. I mean, you relate yourself. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Especially when you're too dumb and too confused to make a good decision, a decision that could we, impact the rest of your life. It's you nuts. can't have a gun. You can't. You, we think about it. We don't let you have a gun until you're 21. Or alcohol. Alcohol, I think both of them, however it is. But, but but we'll let you change your gender at 11 or 12 or 13. You let yourself. It. That's yeah. ridiculous. Crazy insanity. It's these people that are messing with kids' minds. It's not good. It's not right. It needs to be stopped. It needs to be stopped. You know, I, I uh, I'm, uh, 
and, and I want to be clear about those boot camps. I'm not negative. I'm not criticizing because they, they, you know, I know people that do them that do an incredible, you know, incredible job with them. But it's because there's such a weakness that they do need this help. You know, they, they need You're this old and getting senile, brother. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen, what's going on in the world is that there's a lot of confused and lost young men. They don't know what to do. The reason I bring folks like you on this show is to give them tools and a blueprint of what to do. I brought you on here because you're a man who's built multiple eight-figure businesses. And I want folks to listen to you to learn what it takes to be successful. And what you've said is good, but don't for a minute think that everybody knows this because everybody no longer knows this. That's sad, but it's true. All right, Sean. Well, listen, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. I think uh, what you've had to say is valuable for men. Um, and we're going to make sure that uh, this episode gets out, gets out ASAP so that the men that need to hear this message are going to hear this message and they're going to be able to utilize it in their lives. You know, it's December right now. It's the time where people start thinking about their goals for next year. And I think it's very, very important that they take the time to do this and um, figure out how they need to show up differently in order to be successful. I know what I need to do in 2023. Nikki B needs to have, um, basically a lead generation engine for his main business. And I need to be talking to way more men and bringing them to what we do at Sovereign Man. So my objective is to have 500 enrollment conversations for business and for the men's movement in 2023. 500, 250 for the business, 250 for the men's movement, personally. I can do that. I'm in really, really good shape. Well, I like that you put it out there in public. That way you got to hold yourself to it. Yeah, yeah, brother. That's uh, that's good. Thank yeah. you so much for having me on the podcast, brother. It's it's an honor. Um, I really appreciate you coming and sharing your wisdom with us. We'll catch you on the flip side, brother. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.